Good morning, y'all. Good evening. Good afternoon. Good night. Sleep tight. Don't let those bed bugs bite. Welcome back to the Peace, Love, and Applesauce podcast. This is the first official episode. We are here. Episode one. Hopefully you sat through that quick little intro. If you didn't, go ahead and take a quick look back at that. But we are here now and we are getting down to the nitty gritty. What do you have to say for yourself, Abby? Good morning. (laughs) (laughs) Just kidding. It's 9.53 p.m. At least for us. Yeah. Maybe it's 9.53 for you. If it is, then it is meant for you to hear this. Absolutely. Shut up and listen. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Respectfully. Oh, my God. All right. Let's get into it, sir. All right. So before we hit record, we were discussing the topic of following our dreams and what it meant to like actually do that in our own personal experiences and even where we are right now it was all it's already been vastly different Mm -hmm. and like following your dreams is a very vague term that you hear so often but for us it's it's been the biggest like focal point of our friendship like it was Mm -hmm damn near the foundation of who I was. Like, mm-hmm. I was all about following my dream of being a famous dancer, no yes. matter what it took. Which heavily influenced me when we became friends. Yeah, because you were like... What's that? You're like, holy... <laughs> why do you want to do this so much? Yeah. Like, it was a weird experience for both of us. Mm-hmm. I mean, at least looking back at it, because yeah. I'm like, wow, I... We did I was, a lot really young. Mm-hmm. I had, like, the craziest set of horse blinders on, just, like, unironically, relentlessly, I just plowed through everybody. Even if you were being remotely nice, I still had a standoffish tone, like, Mm -hmm. back up, because you might get in my way. Yeah. With that, like, overly motivated, overly determined, like... Mm -hmm. Don't get me wrong, it it took me pretty damn far. Yeah. But until I humbled you. Uh, yeah, you want to tell them about that? No. Good, neither do I. Thank you for saying no. That was a test you've passed. We can stay married, y'all. You almost witnessed a quick divorce on episode 1. <laughs> Good. How old were you when you knew you wanted to be a professional dancer or just a dancer in general? I started messing around with dance around like nine years old, but like I said, when I was in middle school is when I started to take it seriously because I would do like dance battles and like that's when I started having easier access to like dance videos on the internet because that's when they first realistically started coming out. So I'm like, these people are getting famous and performing everywhere off of dancing on YouTube. I'm going to do the exact same. And that was my dream, like just to be a famous dancer. It didn't matter what I had to do to get there. Yeah. And I mean, I would say the whole time, like I, I had a good support system. Like, yeah, I was, I was taken everywhere that I needed to. And even if people couldn't, I was like, all right, I'm, I'll walk there if I have to. Yeah. I walked two hours to a three-hour dance practice. Yeah. Multiple times. Yeah. Like, that's how much I was willing to do for this. Then once I started, like, really getting in the mix of it, I was going to New York every single week. Mm-hmm. On Thursdays, I, we were in college, and I would leave in the middle of the day, mm-hmm. drive to Staten Island, 
to catch a bus to the ferry to the train to then walk to the thing that didn't start till like nine o'clock be dancing doing all that stuff until like one two in the morning yeah do all of that travel in reverse so have to walk to the train then to the ferry then to the bus Mm -hmm. then i'd sleep for like three hours and And drive drive home home at five in the morning and then take me to class for me to stay up and then drive to like our home away from college yeah so i could work on the weekend yeah the grind was insane Mm-hmm. What was it like for you watching me do all of that, like, from start to finish of my dance career as to where it is right now? Well, since you were like that when we became friends, it was just, like, how you were. So I accepted it from the beginning. Mm-hmm. I was just like, okay, cool. Like, he's going to do whatever he can to dance. And I remember you sending, like, when the very beginning of our relationship, you would send me videos of, like, you at the um, cypher practice. The OG cypher yeah. spot. Yeah. And I would be like, okay, cool. And you would just send me a video of, like, what you were doing, whatever, And then as, you know, we progressed and our relationship progressed, your dance career also progressed and you started getting like job opportunities here and there and you started doing traveling more and then you made some connections that built on a bigger idea Mm -hmm. that you would travel with. And so when we were in college, you were doing some of those like group music video traveling Mm -hmm. things Staying in hotels, being paid for you. I would go assist you sometimes. So from the outside perspective, it was just like, this is who he is. Like, this is your personality in a job. Now, from the relationship standpoint, were you prepared and willing to live that life of me? Because, like, I had already accepted it. Mm -hmm. I was like, this is going to be my life. I'm traveling. I'm dancing. I'm getting paid for it. But I get to be home and I kind of can make my own schedule and, like, I can go- I can do things the way I want to do. Yeah. So as a wife, how did that feel? Like, what were your ideas on that? As a girlfriend, it was very – it was easy to cope with. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I accepted it for what it was. But when we got engaged, it became more difficult mm-hmm. because we're simultaneously trying to put together this idea of a marriage mm-hmm. and what that meant to us. But you would be gone all the time and you would just like be like, okay, I'm leaving. Bye. And then just like go. So and even when like with the moving and stuff like that, when you were like, oh, I have an opportunity to move to this place Mm -hmm. to make a career. I'm going to move here. And when that didn't work out and you got another opportunity to move to another state, like not even three months later, you were like, okay, then we're going to move here. And we were engaged. And I was like, I don't know how this is going to turn out. I was trying to be supportive, but I was like, I have no idea how this was going to turn out. So I put my own ambitions on the back burner Mm -hmm. because I wanted you to succeed because it felt like you had more of a chance of succeeding than I did. And that's just based off of like my own interpretations and perspectives of my dreams and stuff like that Mm -hmm. but as a wife it got easier again Mm -hmm. because I knew once we got past those like moving phases you were like okay great 
I can do uh, this and this, but I can't do that and that. Yeah, I de- it was a lot easier, like, as time went on. I was able to, like, narrow down what I wanted to do based off of the jobs I was getting and, like, what I, I started seeing what was possible and, like, a lot was presented to me. I wouldn't say it was, I mean, I've had a couple job opportunities that were actually just handed to me. Yeah. But after that, the work I put in that continued to grow and make those connections, like, I was like, yeah, this is, this is right for me. I'm good mm-hmm. at doing this. This is going to be easy for me to achieve everything I want. Yeah. And I was like, that. that's why I was so adamant about those moving things. Because I'm like, oh, this is the next necessary step. I can make this happen. I can take care of you. Don't worry. It was like, I was just saying, hold on to my hand and don't let go. Yeah. Don't let go. Like, yeah. But I didn't even know where I was running. Like, yeah. I was. And that was like the scary part was that like you were so dead set on this dream and you had the capabilities of making it happen. But you, like you said earlier, had horse blinders on. So you weren't looking at the bigger picture. You were just looking at your own bigger picture. Yeah. And I knew that if I like as I kept pressing forward, all those things would happen. Like Mm -hmm. I just already had it in my brain that like. If I did X, Y, and Z... It would just work out. It would just work out. Yeah. But then I got there, and... I mean, one of the things that really made it not work out was COVID. Yeah. That really threw a monkey wrench in everything for everyone, but the dance world and, like, me trying to still have a job doing that, like, teaching on Zoom. We were living... New parents. We were new parents. We were living... With your parents uh-huh. and trying to, like, figure out what I'm going to do. Because yeah. this was this was all I had. Mm-hmm. And I was like, all right, I can still kind of do this over COVID. Like, we can still make money. We're not struggling that much. But then it made me realize, like, hey, this dad stuff is fun. Yeah. I enjoyed being home. I enjoyed, like, I we all had so much time on our yeah. hands. That, like, I got to spend that time, that extremely close quality time with baby Jewel mm-hmm. to, like, learn with her, grow with her, mm-hmm. like, figure out, like, all right, this is what it's like to be a dad. I was going to say, you had nothing else to do but dad. Yeah. And it it was necessary. And that was, mm, I wouldn't say that's when I realized things were changing that's when I was like all right things are going to change Mm -hmm. I don't necessarily know when but I'm Jewel kind of planted the seed in you that was like this is the life that I want whether you realized it or not yeah absolutely I mean COVID could technically be the fall could be the beginning of my fall from dance Mm -hmm. because that was right after I got the opportunity of being a full-time mm-hmm. paid dancer. Yeah, and it was I'm like, like a, what, two weeks after she was born that you were offered that position? Yeah, and then... Not even. She wasn't even two weeks. She, we were probably just about to give birth. We. Me. Yeah, you did that. <laughs> uh, it was like wh- right before she was born, you were offered that position because when she was like a week or two old, we took her and you were like, you know, made this whole sentimental post about it, as you should have. Yeah. 
because I achieved my dream. Yeah. I thought I did it. I made it. Mm-hmm. And it was also the thing for me because it's like I broke that curse mm-hmm. in my family. Mm-hmm. I graduated high school. Mm-hmm. I tried college mm-hmm. even though I left, but I still went and did it. Yeah, but your parents also wanted you to just try it. They didn't put the pressure on you to complete it. Right. Like they were just worried about me doing whatever made me happy and like yeah. <clears throat> one of my dad's like most famous sayings that I even put into Abby's brain uh anytime I asked him and especially like as I was like determining whether I was going to drop out of college or not I was on the phone back and forth with my parents like what do I do I don't want you guys to be mad or upset at me like I really want to do this and my dad was like bro, I don't care what you do. You can sell oranges on the corner. I just want you to be happy and I want you to be the best at it. And he has always said something similar to that, like growing up, like whatever you do, just be the best at it. Do the best you can. And my mom was always like, don't quit even when it gets hard. Mm -hmm. So that combination of that support was like, all right, you guys are telling me I can do this. I'm going to go for it and follow my dream. And sorry, I kind of tangent. That's okay. I didn't know where I was going with that. No, you were talking about your dad um, telling you that to like follow follow your dream, and then Jewel taking Jewel to the dance studio. Oh yeah, breaking 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 that curse. Um, I had that support system from them, and uh, yeah, I remember uh, because I said I left college, Mm -hmm. and I was married already. I had my first kid after marriage, Mm -hmm. and I got my dream job all in my early 20s, whereas, like, my parents are still just now living comfortably and getting getting everything to a point where they're, like, not... I can chill out. Yeah, they're not (laughs) killing themselves at work anymore, Mm -hmm. like, the way that I saw it. When I was growing up, and that was another thing that really pushed me to go for my dream because it's like I saw how hard my parents worked to provide for us. I don't want to have to struggle that hard or make Mm -hmm. my family struggle that hard in the future. So once I got there, I was like, "Mm, that's it. I don't have to worry about nothing no more. Yeah. At only 22 years old. Yeah. Who was I kidding? After all the COVID stuff and realizing like – Hey, doing all this extra dance stuff. Like, I had to make a decision when it... Damn, the dogs are that loud? Yeah. Jeez. (laughs) (laughs) I had to make a decision because if I wanted to continue with dance, the level that I was going, I needed to move to New York or to L.A. And after all the moving fiasco that you and I had gone through, like we had already said, I didn't want to do that, but with a infant now yeah and i'm like all right uh what am i gonna do here Mm -hmm. and it was like do i continue like i can't physically make this happen to uproot you guys just to try and make my selfish dream come true Mm -hmm. like i was like it's time for me to actually grow up Mm-hmm. more be more of a man be a dad be a father a husband mm-hmm. that you need to be like but also don't forget that a big part of it wasn't just about 
me and Jewel and moving. It was also about your relationship with dance. Yeah, but I didn't know it at the time. Yeah. Like, I didn't figure it out until recently, until after I left. Yeah. And ironically, after I leave, I'm getting, like, I'm still getting some of the things that I wanted. Like, just today, what is it, the 26th? Yeah. Just today, a piece that I choreographed for a competition routine got first place overall in their category. Like, yeah. But I couldn't do that while I was working. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Why? Yeah. Cause like it that it it means something to me, but I don't know if it means something because I want it to or if it actually does. Yeah. And that's just being honest because like it's something I've always wanted. Mm-hmm. I still want that choreography award. Yeah. But this is just like ah yes this is this is one more thing I wanted. Mm-hmm. But. It's that's for the older version of me. Yeah. That I can kind of like put to rest. Yeah. From from the outside perspective of your dance journey. <laughs> oh, um, from the outside perspective of your dance journey, I am so proud of you for like the love and the de- dedication that you put into dance. And I've always I was always happy to walk with you in your journey with dance and see you figure it out from um being where you started in your mom's kitchen, which was like your safe space, and you would dance and your mom would watch you, or you would just be there by yourself. And then seeing you rediscover that same love for it after you ended it as your career really made me see that dance was never really meant for you entirely in the way to profit off of it. Right? Um I think that you were meant to love it and understand it rather than just <laughs> profit off of it. <laughs> we're getting emotional in here. Yeah. Man. This has been a really hard journey, but I, I am really proud of you. And like seeing you love it when you didn't have it and wanted it so bad. And then seeing you fall from it and not really understand your relationship and rediscover that love for it. Mm-hmm. It's just so beautiful. I'm so proud of you. Thank you. <laughs> it was it was a beautiful fu- full circle moment. Yeah. That um it almost sounds contradictory after saying like how proud I am of you to have stood by you on your jan- dance journey, but at the same time up until I started learning how to dream on my own since my experience with achieving your dream is so different. Mm-hmm. Um I was so envious of your ability to dream and sit there and think Juan can do whatever he puts his mind to. <laughs> Are you okay? Yeah, I was just breathing. <laughs> I just didn't want to uh, breathe in the mic. Uh, <laughs> we pulled it together. We're good. Yeah. But I was so envious of your ability to dream and know like in my brain that Juan can do whatever he puts his mind to. And you have this level of confidence and trust in yourself because it was taught from your parents and I wasn't taught that growing up you know there was like there was a plan and that comes based off of my parents childhoods I guess Mm -hmm. and so their their aspect was like survival mode they wanted me to achieve these big things Mm -hmm. because 
they wanted me to be able to survive and not struggle like they did. Mm-hmm. So Absolutely. growing up, I was praised and given recognition and attention for academic achievement, which in me developed a severe people-pleasing habit. And it's one that I still struggle to overcome. And I know you, we both talk about like the people-pleasing, um, but it's it's hard when it's like your whole life because like you get rewards for a certain type of achievement, you know, or behavior. Yeah, or a behavior. And so that was largely based off of the area that I grew up in. Mm-hmm. Um everybody I went to high school with um was in honors classes and had amazing grades and did multiple sports and had a job and a car and was active in high school clubs and had internships and all of this other stuff. Played and, an instrument. Yeah, played an <laughs> instrument. And although I did a lot of that stuff, and that stuff is great. There's nothing wrong with any of that. Um, I was super shy, and I learned from observing and listening that there was this level of bragging among the parents that caused this. It was like this unspoken thing said to all of us as kids, like, hey, you need to do what everybody else is doing and keep up because it makes us look look good. Yeah, you're like a trophy piece. Yeah. And, you know, I don't know what everybody else's reason for it was, but I know, like, for my parents, it was for survival reasons. So, you know, deep down inside, doing what everyone else did all the time felt horrible. Mm-hmm. But I wanted to make my parents proud, so I always did everything they asked me to and I literally mean everything they asked me to but as I got older I struggled to keep up with doing what they thought was best for me and it caused a pretty severe rift in our relationship so the more I did what they wanted the more resentful I became because of how bad it made me feel yeah and there was no room for being an individual or being creative it was follow this plan because it's safe when my parents didn't do those things like graduate from college or I don't even think they went to college um so they don't really know what that level of safety is it just sounds good right Understandable. And that's, I would say, like, even as a parent now, like you and I both would look at a situation for Jewel and we're like, hey, no, we kind of see this as like, like, I understand the perspective of like, I want you to make sure you're good. Yeah. Because my dad still does it now. Oh, yeah. Like, that's how I'm even in the field of work I am. I'm in now like I work in the same job field as my dad. And he's like, bro, I told you guys growing up to never do this. Like, yeah. do everything possible to not work like this. Yeah. Because it's hard work. And it is. Yeah. To the point where I had to call him and thank him. I was like, hey, man, <laughs> thanks for everything growing up because this shit sucks. Yeah. But anyway. Yeah. But as I said earlier, there's like a level of confidence and trust that you have in yourself. And you didn't just get that overnight. Mm-hmm. I was painfully shy growing up. So – I never talked back, like, and if I did, it was more into my teenage years. Like, I I just never spoke up for myself. So when I became more aware that I had never done anything that I thought was good for me because of how afraid I was to even try and stand up for myself because, you know, there was a lot of pushback. You know, there was a plan. Stick to the plan. Mm-hmm. Don't stray from the plan. Yeah. My resentment took form in anger and 
like, I won't even lie. I've been pretty angry at my family for the entire time we've been together. <laughs> yeah, you just recently started chilling out. Yeah, I've just just now started chilling out. Um, and I, they, they had this idea of who I was and who I was supposed to be. And that was exactly how they perceived me. So when my actions didn't align with with this perception that they had of me, there was a lot of guilt and shame that was thrown my way. But instead of just continuing to try to be myself and have them come to terms with that on their own time, I would be the real Abby everywhere else. And then my parents' version of Abby when I was with them. Mm. Yeah. So it made me spiteful. I saw. (laughs) (laughs) That's all I'll say. Um, And I like, I just, you're doing so great. I know. You're doing so great. You're doing great, sweetie. You're doing great, sweetie. (laughs) But I took every opportunity to be mean to them and to say hurtful things because I wanted them to hurt the way that they had hurt me. And it wasn't until recently. And when I say recently, I'm talking like, when I turned 26 back in October and quit my job and had nothing to do but sit by myself every single day and be like... Sit with all of those feelings. Yeah, I had nothing to do. So eventually I was like, bro, what's the goal here? What are we doing? Yeah. I would even ask you too. I'm just like, why are you doing this? Why are you so freaking mad? What's the point? Yeah. Like... You're not getting anything from it. How can we move on? Yeah. So I sat with it long enough. I've sat with it every day mm-hmm. for the past. You like, still sit with it. I do. You're working on it. But I'm not angry with my parents for not teaching me the things that Juan was taught. It just felt like no matter how hard I tried to be Abby, it wasn't good enough until I graduated college. And then or I'm sorry, graduated from high school and then graduated from college. It felt really conditional. Like without these achievements, it doesn't matter who I am. Mm-hmm. But I know that mind some, mind some, I know that mindset comes from a place in their lives where they lacked. And mm-hmm. I can't blame them yeah. for that. They're just trying to get me to survive and be able to take care of myself. And I understand that and that's from the because adult of, perspective. Yeah, and that's like how they were raised growing up. Like, mm-hmm. hey, this is where the safety net is. This is where you will be okay. And they've also witnessed their fair share of, like, the struggle, the hard work. and Yeah, like, yeah, yeah like absolutely. It, I We're... For both of our parents, I know I can speak for both of us when we say, like, we acknowledge all of the things that they have done and are continuing to do. Like, even figuring out how to be adult parents to us. Like, we're figuring out how to do it for a two-year-old, and this is crazy as it is. So, shout out to y'all for still deciding to deal with us. We're adults now. You can just be like, get away. Yeah. But... But regardless, I know that they're not perfect, and I'm not perfect either, which doesn't give me the excuse to be as spiteful yeah, as I was. Yeah, you can't hold it against them. Yeah. So, I, you know, I came to this the decision where I was like, I can either be mad at them for the rest of my life, or I can do what I need to do that fulfills me, and whether they like it or not, doesn't matter. I can just enjoy my time with them. Absolutely. And it 
reminded me of that conversation that I had a month ago with you. I think it was like a month ago. Um, you and I were like having dinner and, or you had just come home from work and I, I don't even think Jewel was awake. She was napping. It was just me and you. And I was like, I had really sat with it that day, all of the feelings that I had towards like my family and everything. And I was like, I think I'm, I'm too angry. I think I'm yeah, far too angry. I remember that. It was because I played that video game. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I played. Ah, <laughs> uh, the power of video games. The power of video games. So I don't ever stray from anything like mainstream, but I did with this game. And basically, the what point of this called? game, a short walk on the Switch. Gotcha. So you, you're this like girl. And she is waiting for a call. So the point is, is that she's like on this island and you need to get her to the top of this mountain island thing in order to get cell reception to receive this phone call. You don't know who it's from or what the phone call's about. You just know that it's important. So when you beat the game and you get to the very top, you can see like the northern lights and you're standing there and you get this phone call and the phone call is her mom. And it's the main character is a girl and it's her mom. And she like you get the gist from the phone call that the mom was sick and in the hospital. And she was like, why didn't you tell me and all of this stuff? And it just struck a chord in me with my own relationship with like my parents. And I was like, it made you upset because you're like, I I saw you sit with it because you were conflicted playing the game. Yeah, it was a spiritual experience for you. Yeah. In all seriousness. Yeah. Like you. It made because you sat with it, not only like physically, but you played it through a video game. Yeah. And it was like you're that's that propelled you to the decision of like, hey, mm-hmm. talk this out with me. Yeah. I need to I need to change. But the thing something. that I remember saying to you is that I was like, I think I'm just ready to love my parents and not be mad anymore. Yeah. And that has, like, stuck in my head so much. It's not just something I said just to say. I, like, was like, wow, like, I really mean this. Like, I'm I'm not mad. And it made me reflect on the two versions that I have of myself. So the version of me that is for everybody else that my parents have never gotten to know. And then the version that I created specifically for them Mm -hmm. and so now at this point the self-discovery came with the fact that I have to fully be the me that I want to be and I have to break down the version that I created as like a mask what (laughs) what that was fire yeah so I've been reading all of these books and doing all of these journal things which are sitting right over there but I am reading this book it's not a book. Yeah, it's they like, can see that. Yeah. Well, I'm going to tell them what the freaking book is called. Gosh. Sorry. But the the book that has had the biggest influence on me is one of those, like, prompt journal things. It's called A Year of Zen. And basically, you get one prompt for each day of the week. And they're just different questions. And it basically is, like, very... Zen. Like, I don't know how to describe it. It's very Zen. But the one prompt was asking you to describe the scent of rain without drawing rain. And I was sitting there trying to be like, what do I draw? How do I 
show the scent of rain without showing the scent of rain. And I started Googling pictures of how to do this. And then I was like, nobody's going to see this. Yeah. Why is this such a big deal right now? Why are you trying that hard for Yeah. Why am I trying so hard for something that's literally to help me chill out? Yeah. So I ended up drawing a picture that reminded me of my childhood. And for me, I'll share it. For me, the scent of rain is um, at my parents' house, there is a carport. It's Mm -hmm. not like a whole garage. And so you can sit and, you know, see everything outside, but it's covered. So when it would rain, my dad would go outside and pull up a chair to the edge of the carport and just watch it. So my brother and I ended up joining him, you know, into our like elementary age years. And we would just all sit there in silence and watch the thunder and the lightning because my parents live in a like a suburban area so there's like trees and crap everywhere it's beautiful yeah it is beautiful. i've done it i've sat and watched the rain with them and it is wonderful but after you know i had that epiphany from that video game i did this prompt and i drew you had to draw it so i drew it and i didn't draw people i just draw i drew two chairs i draw I drew two chairs and I was sitting there looking at this picture and I just started freaking crying and I was like, bro, what am I so mad for? And it's just like every time I do something that helps, it just brings me back to that same question. Like, what am I so mad for? I made you text your dad that day too. Yeah, you did. When you told me about that, I'm like, talk to him. Why are you, why are you doing this to yourself? Yeah. So like, you know, on the, you know, to wrap me up, I'm sort of on the opposite end of the spectrum than Juan. I don't really have a goal that I wanted to make my career. I just want to be able to have the confidence to make goals and take risks to make them happen just for my own self-enjoyment. So I guess that that is my dream right now. If you wanted to put like a, a label on it, I just want to be so authentically myself, which sounds freaking corny unapologetically me unapologetically me yeah it sounds really corny (laughs) it sounds so stupid but like seriously i've spent 26 years of my life doing what i thought would make other people love me and proud of me and all it did was make me disappointed in myself and being disappointed in myself feels so much worse than somebody somebody else being disappointed with me Mm -mm -mm. ain't that the truth yeah So you heard my perspective on what it was to live what I thought was my dream. You've heard Abby's perspective on what it was to discover what it means to follow your dream and like just get started with it. Mm -hmm. Now, I dare you to ask yourself, what does it mean to follow your dream? Have you already experienced it? Are you currently experiencing it? you You have no idea what you're doing like me. Have you tried it and it failed and you completely gave up and you're just kind of on autopilot? Word. Talk it out. Hit us up. Mm -hmm. Talk to your neighbor. And if you haven't heard it yet, we hope you have a great day. We love you. Peace. Love. And applesauce. We will see you next time. Bye.